When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pitching's gotten better. No question about that. No arguments, no complaints here. The defense has gotten a little bit better. Again, no minuses from this perspective. But what about that offense? Hello? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Happy New Year to everybody before I get going today. We'll see what kind of New Year it is for the ball club. I know that I would feel way, 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 way better about the 2023 season if A, Brian Reynolds were to stay. Had to get that in. Sorry. B, they could hit a little bit. And I'm not sure they can hit even a little bit. My sense from management for quite a while now, as it relates to offense, is that we're going to work to address the other things, at least to some extent, meaning externally. But the offense is going to come from Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez and the other prospects that they have in Indianapolis as position players who they feel can come up and make a difference and can plug into key parts of the lineup. They also feel like the offense is going to come from key Brian Hayes becoming more consistent and a little bit more powerful, actually a lot more powerful, and also from the continuing emergence of O'Neill Cruz and to a lesser extent, a couple other guys, maybe a Rodolfo Castro. But, but, while waiting on those kids, whether they're already in Pittsburgh or not, what you're going to be missing out on is potential external offense because the external offense that's arrived to date is pretty much non-existent. Carlos Santana might be the only guy who represents any kind of upgrade, and even he's modest at that. Uh, his batting average is really, really low. He does get on base, and he does have pop. Uh, G-Man Choi fits into the same category, only with less pop and more of the production slash OBP. Austin Hedges, the defensive stalwart behind the plate, is going to be a great big minus in the lineup. Can't hit at all. 163 last season in Cleveland. And I guess if you want to count Miguel Andahar as some kind of acquisition, even though he actually was acquired late in the regular season, the Pirates did end up keeping him. Um, there's something there, but you have to go back four years in his history with the Yankees to find the last time anybody was excited on a consistent basis about his bat. Not much there. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So how much better can it get when you go around the rest of the horn? Well, Jack Sawinski hit 19 home runs, but he obviously didn't hit for much average and didn't get on base anywhere near as much as he needs to. You could want... Jack to be more generally productive, but you don't know that just as you don't know that his 19 home runs are going to translate because almost all of those happened at PNC Park, which makes me leery of the idea that he has a very specific swing path into it that might get found out by pitchers, at which point Jack would be left with absolutely nothing to offer offensively. Jihuan Bay is maybe the guy about whom I'm the most optimistic in terms of his uh, longer-term future, but that could also be this year. He has shown to find a way to get on base, including via simple old-school contact. Uh, He's an old-fashioned type hitter. He'll put the ball wherever they ain't, so to speak. And in the first year of Major League Baseball, uh, eliminating shifts – That could become a significant thing. I'm actually really intrigued by this one. Just so you don't think this whole episode was doomed to be a downer. I I really think they ought to give this kid a chance. We'll see what he does with it, but they ought to give him a chance. And from there, you're getting into a whole lot of crossed fingers. Meaning, yeah, you do need to see more from Hayes. And we've been waiting a while on it. And we've been waiting through different Injuries slash excuses slash this wasn't working right at this time or that time. It's got to all come together for this offense to be even remotely competitive, not contending level, competitive. And the same, I think, goes for Castro. Castro shows that he's got the pop, uh, but he also doesn't get on base anywhere near enough. And he doesn't have the kind of smart approach that you'd like to see out of someone playing everyday second base. And I don't know that he's going to be that guy regardless, but it's not – I don't look at Castro and go, oh, yeah, there's your guy for that position. Just – we don't see that. And then there's Cruz, you know. I mean, if Cruz does what he did over the last six weeks of the 2022 season over a full year, he's an instant superstar. He's an instant superstar, but the reality is probably going to be somewhere between what we saw of him before that and the way he ended, although you'd like to think that the way he ended represented an upward trajectory. It is not, it is not an enticing offense with or without Reynolds, and I don't think it's going to be one for a while because I don't think you're going to see them make outside acquisitions while they're prioritizing waiting on Rodriguez, Davis, Gonzalez, and others. When we come back, J1Q. 
Today's J1Q comes from Jeffrey, who says, I don't know how management feels about all the criticism that gets directed their way. Stuff like canceling Pirate Fest only feeds the narrative that they don't care. I can't argue with you, man. I can't argue with you. It's hiding. It's what they're doing right now is hiding. And to what end? I don't know. I can't say that either. Because if they're hiding, they're hiding from you, they're hiding from me, they're hiding from people who are asking for on-the-record interviews, they're not available to speak, and contrary to some popular misperception that gets wagged at the media on occasion, we can't force them to do that. We can't. I have a reporter, Alex Stumpf, at DK Pittsburgh Sports, who's been trying to get on the record interviews with any number of Pirates executives and has been turned down in every event or indefinitely put off. Why? I don't know. They're not saying it. Do you want me to just make it up? I can speak with them off the record, but that only does X amount of good to you. Like it puts me in a position where I'm at least a little bit more informed about what their thinking is in general. And depending on the context, I can feel comfortable in sharing that with you. But that only goes so far. And there's nothing that replicates the impact of having someone on the record. Let me tell you what I don't like about this, because in in general, when People hear reporters complaining about a lack of access. They think we're taking it personally. I, me, in doing this show, could not care less if they're talking to me on the record or not. I don't take it personally. I really don't. The show is still going to happen either way. The only difference is their viewpoint will be much more difficult or impossible to convey. That doesn't hurt me. That hurts them. The part that I don't like from my own standpoint is that I hear from them on a regular basis about how important it is for them to make sure that their players are accountable. There was a player who I'm not going to name, young guy, who in fairness was just probably having a bad day uh, in the middle of last season that I approached and I said to the young man, excuse me, you have a minute? And he looks up from uh, untying his shoes or whatever it is and gives me a little bit of a snarl and says, do I have to? Now, that's not the end of the world. And again, I don't take it personally. That's literally part of the job. It's part of what we get ourselves into as reporters who are asking questions. And we're doing it sometimes at a at a pretty rough moment. And in this kid's case, he just struck out to end the game. Something he did like all the time, by the way, which was weird. And just didn't want to have anything to do with, you know, answering a question in that specific moment. Okay, big deal. But whenever the Pirates management people hear about something like this, which they didn't in this event, they're always going to respond with, wow, that's just not how we do things. We, you know, we, we really want the baseball ops people really want their players to, 
show that accountability, not just, you know, to the media, because we don't count, but, you know, to their teammates and to each other and to the coaching staff and everything. And part of that is being available and accountable after uh, a game that doesn't go so well. So here's management completely ducking out when things aren't going so well. Wow. How about that, huh? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thank you.